Welcome back to Gender Equality in Sports Has It Really Changed for the Better? So for those of you who are still joining and listening and are here for the third episode, thank you for following along and sticking with me. And for those who have just joined us, welcome. And just to give you guys, if you just joined us for the first time, a quick rundown, this podcast is about, it's a three-episode series that's about gender equality in sports, talking about females and how things have changed from Title IX to now, some short stories I've written and shared, and... Yeah, so we're going to have with us today a guest speaker who's also my mom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So do you want to introduce yourself, Mom? If you want to tell them your name, where you're from, where you work. Certainly. I'm Cheryl Francione. I am from New Jersey, and I've lived here most of my life. And I'm the executive director for a large not-for-profit organization. Okay, so I know you, I showed you the first two episodes of the podcast, you know, I want to be a sports broadcaster, you know about that topic. So maybe like how have, you could tell them, how have sports been in the past or how are they now involved in your life? Well, when I was growing up, sports, just the word sports equated to male. Um, There were some girls who played sports in high school and grammar school, as I remember, but really never anyone who went on to play professionally who I knew. It was a very male-dominated arena as I was growing up. And also what you saw on TV was 99.9% male-dominated as I grew up. So as you can see, like with episode too, when we talked about statistics, they definitely have changed. Like you, as you've grown up, you've seen it yourself. So when you're watching sports games or you're listening to the radio or really like any sports media in general, do you feel even now that you hear or see males more than females? Yes, absolutely. The broadcasters, the players, and even the spectators are still more male dominated. So there's some statistics that I kind of want to share with you based off your answer. So I have these two statistics statistics from the 2018 Associated Press Sports Editors Racial and Gender Report card. So it says that the sports editor job roles compared to women, it was 90% male and 10% female. And then the sports reporter jobs were 88.5% male and 11.5% female. Mm-hmm. So I tried to find the 2020 reports, but this was the latest, like, literal report that was released. But I did see a, um, a comparison of statistics as best as possible. There wasn't a legit report. Still saying in 2020 that these numbers have barely changed. So even currently, these numbers are still pretty similar. So do you think these statistics are a problem in the industry and like they should be the case or do you think these need to change? I do think they need to change and I do feel like I've seen and witnessed a lot of change since the years that I was growing up. I see a lot more females on television broadcasting sports and just broadcasting news in general. So do I think that the statistics that you gave me need to change? Yes, I do. And I think that's very possible based on what we're seeing in other areas of the news where female um, females on TV reporting the news from the weather to politics or whatever it may be, it is becoming much more the norm. So my hope is that this will happen with sports as well. And I think that we are trending in that direction. So if you think that they do need to change, what do you think are some 
steps in the right direction or things that can be done in order to make that change because it also has a lot to do with the people it's sad to say but who are hiring and this isn't just in the sports industry it's in a lot of industries where they are sexist and they want to lean more towards the male because they think that he is better at performing a role so what do you think can really be done no, well, that's a hard question. <laughs> it's really not a hard question because in my industry, in the not-for-profit business world or even the for-profit business world, we are very conscious about training and retraining people to think differently. And um, I've participated in a lot of these diversity and inclusion type trainings um, over the years. And the best corporations who have really improved their hiring practices have done so through very deliberate efforts to train people in unconscious bias, which means that people may not even realize that they have a gender bias when they're talking to others. But I think, as I just explained, even I probably have a gender bias when it comes to the thought of sports. I told you that the first word or gender that would come to mind when I hear the word sports is male because I saw it male dominated my entire life up into my adulthood. So it's almost normal that people would have this reaction and have an unconscious bias toward more male applicants or envision males in those roles. So how would we change it? I think intentional training to make people aware of their biases. Um, there are also ways to to camouflage things like gender and race when you're talking to candidates or looking at applications. So what you can do is take the names off of the applications and just look at the um, qualifications that the person has listed along with their work experience, which would eliminate a whole host of biases um, that you may, you may originally have when looking at those applications. I definitely agree with you, and I think those would be really good options and then as you were saying this I was kind of thinking back to you heard in the second episode if you guys weren't with us if this is your first one but I played this video from more than mean where these random men were chosen to read these mean tweets out to female broadcasters and reporters and I'm just thinking in my head I'm like even if let's say the changes are made and more women are on the broadcasters are there still going to be these men who say these kind of negative things and have these reactions but personally I think if these percentages increase that fans will become more accustomed to seeing a female. And they, I think they do attack because they are such a small percentage and they know, oh, it's fine because there's all these men broadcasters and all these people hating on them, so why can't I? So I think it has to be something that definitely people become accustomed to. And I think those would be steps in the right direction. Absolutely. As you get toward greater equity, it becomes the norm. And then it's really no longer okay to voice those kinds of biases exactly and I feel like that's kind of where we are in society now with racial equality and like I'm glad now people aren't comfortable saying things and are more aware of their environments because those things shouldn't be said so hopefully we can get to a similar standpoint when it comes to gender equality too because I don't know if we're 100% I don't know if we're 100% there on gender equality just yet either but we're definitely not 100% there with racial so well, I they're think, just steps in the right direction. Absolutely. I think that one of the key things that has to happen is that we have to talk about it. And it has to feel safe and okay to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Because nothing ever changes unless you talk about it. Exactly. Well, talking about it, <laughs> why don't... So I brought up a lot of events in the second episode. Um, so I just want to talk about two more just before like I go into the next question. Just so for the new listeners. Um, 
So one person that I did not mention in the second episode is Serena Williams. And for those who don't know her, I'd be shocked if you don't, but she is one of the best tennis players in the world. Yeah, and just last year, she earned over $47 million in prize money. And that is more than any woman in the history of sports. So that was a unbelievable achievement. She also earned more prize money than any American tennis player, male or female. So Serena's prominence in tennis just continues to grow. And this includes her impact um, inspiring African-American tennis players because she is an African-American woman. So this tennis superstar of Serena Williams decided to team up with Secret Deodorant and start an entire campaign that would promote equality of female in, on the sports field, which they expressed through commercials and ad campaigns. And during an interview after one of her matches, Serena said this quote that I love, and it was, the day I stop fighting for equality and for people that look like you and me will be the day that I'm in the grave. And she and her sister, Venus Williams, who's also a top tennis player, are known for their continuous um, movements and achievements of standing up for gender and racial equality. So I just love that they use their um, role in society and being such attention grabbers in the media and the sports industry for good. Like they don't just use it to be this great player. So that was one that I wanted to bring up. And another one was this, this is like a connection with me and my mom that I decided to throw this one in there. But the other night we're watching a Christmas movie on ABC and there was these commercials in between that would, uh, famous people would come on and randomly talk about things that were wrong in the world and how we should stand up and fight for them. And these two female hockey players, um, what were their names? It was, um, Monique and Jocelyn Lumrieu. Um, and they, so basically a little rundown on them. In March of last year, these twins um, and their teammates staged a boycott against the International Ice Hockey Federation um, for their after their world championship, seeking equal treatment with the U.S. men's hockey team. This is a continuous uh, theme that we see, uh, just trying to get equal uh, um, treatment as the men's teams. But after months of negotiating, the efforts of the team, who ranked as number one in the world, yet barely received a living wage, had come to a standstill. So two days before the 2017 World Championships, U.S. hockey... So excuse me, when I said March of last year, I meant in 2017. I should have referenced that. But two days before the 2017 World Championships, the U.S. hockey and the women's hockey team came to a historic four-year agreement... And it included financial support for the players, as well as the implementation of a women's advisory council in order to further grow the sport for girls and women. And today they are still working on their efforts by speaking out on gender equality in sports with any organization possible that supports it as well. So they didn't stop their efforts after what they achieved, which I really liked. And I loved this women advisory council. Like I have not seen that in any of the agreements that have come to be. So I just thought that was a really cool thing to mention. And it was like, we literally saw it on TV. So that was also really cool. So would you as a female, like when you hear these kind of stories, like these were, I would say, more positive ones rather than negative. So would you as a female feel comfortable going into an industry like this, whether it was to work as an athlete, a reporter, a writer, just any job as a female after what we've talked about her, just kind of elaborate on that broad question. <laughs> well, that's a really interesting question because I couldn't see myself in a role like that. And that may stem from, as I told you, the way I grew up and that 
it just didn't seem like something that uh, a woman would do. Uh, the interesting thing is that I can definitely see other women doing that from younger generations. I just couldn't envision myself at this stage in my life. First of all, I'm not really that uh, adept at sports. I don't really know the rules that well, and I don't know the players that well. I also think that that comes from my upbringing where sports just wasn't something that most girls were interested in. Um, the however is that I could totally see the, in the in the current generation or the next generation females becoming superstars in these roles. Um, in fact, just talking to you, Kayla, and knowing that growing up, I really did view you and your brother as equitable when it came to sports, completely equitable, um, and that you could each succeed in in the same capacity as the other, either as an athlete or as a broadcaster, or anything that you wish to do um, involving sports. Okay, I loved all of this. So this was such a fun interview. I feel like I've never interviewed like you in such a weird professional ever, but I love it. So thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your insights. I think it was really important for them not only to hear like an older, not that you're old, <laughs> but like, no, an, but that's so like an, an, yeah, like an older perspective just because I am younger. And I think it's, um, yeah, it was just really important to hear how things have like changed for you even in your lifetime in this topic. So I want to thanks for coming on and joining us today. You're most welcome, and I'm very excited about what the future holds. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening in. I can't believe this wraps up my third episode already, but this three-episode series is complete, and maybe, who knows, maybe this can extend it to something bigger depending on the attention and the views and the fans but if you've listened to me for three episodes now thank you for joining me along this and if you've listened to one that's okay too but I'm just so glad that I was able to speak about something that means a lot to me and I think it deserves a lot of attention and it's truthfully as you can see getting it which I love and I hope that we can make further steps in the right direction and continue to see positive changes and Oh, if you were listening, that means you care too, and I just love it. So thank you again for joining us.